thin, almost translucent veil between that of fact and fiction, revealing mysteries of the past, folklore passed down from father to son, unsolved murders, and things that go bump in the night. You've entered Deceptive Reality. Hello and welcome to the podcast, the actual first episode, not first episode, episode zero. Yep, exactly. My name is Nick and this is Bert. That's me. I am the one and the only Bert. That is the one and the only Nick uh, coming to you live. First episode. This is exciting stuff, Nick. I'm super. And I did no prep on this one. This was all you. Uh, I can't wait to see what yes. you got. Well, let me ask you the standard question you asked me last week. Mm. Do you know what we're going to talk about? I have, you gave me very little to go off of, which kind of ticks me off because I like to know what's going on. I know. Uh, the only thing you said was it was from Canada, Canadian yes. land. Yes. Your home spot. That's right. Um, and you said, I believe you said a UFO story. That's all I heard. Ah, oh, did I give that much away? Bad, you did bad, say bad, UFO bad. story. All right. You're slipping. I'm slipping. slipping. I got dementia or something. I don't even remember saying that to you. <laughs> Oh, it's uh well i thought like i had a couple narrowed down and then i thought with all this stuff going on in the government with the hearings on the uaps and the yep. extraterrestrials and all that kind of stuff um strike while the iron's hot absolutely i think that's actually probably a good idea because uh it definitely fits with what's going on right now let's be honest we all know ufos are are true so i don't know how fake this story could be right well I'm I'm telling you, this is not only, you said earlier, this is from Canada, your homeland, but this is actually from a community, or very near to a community I grew up in. Oh. Have you ever Touché. heard of the Shag Harbor incident? No. No clue what that is. All right. Well, you're going to be shocked, because it's bigger than Roswell, and everyone knows Roswell. What?! Today, we dive deep into the cold, dark waters of the Shag Harbor incident, a puzzling tale of a mysterious crash that left an entire community bewildered. Join us as we explore the depths of this enigma that has captivated minds for decades and while relatively unknown has been called the Roswell of Canada. With hundreds of witnesses, civilian, police, and military alike spanning a huge area, the Shag Harbor incident has left many questioning our place in the universe, whether we are alone in it, and if we're not, are extraterrestrials here already? Nick, before you even say anything, listen. I already like the fact it's called the Shag Harbor. <laughs> is that what it's called? That's something, Shag Harbor? Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's not for the reason everyone's going to think. And I've got a picture for Instagram that explains that a little better. The shag. But so, so a shag is something like the northern cormorant bird. So it's in the what? It, it's a cormorant bird, like a bird that's a cormorant. You'll have to see the picture. It's a bird. It's yeah, a type I'll have of bird. to see the picture. It's it's not what you uh, you naughty folks are thinking right now. <laughs> I was thinking shag carpet when I heard it. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so before we go too deep into it, and you answered this a little earlier, but what's your opinion? UFOs, extraterrestrials, real or fake? I think at this point we have to. 
actually acknowledge it. I mean, our governments are coming out saying, I mean, they don't call them UFOs anymore. I think they call them what? UAPs, um, unidentified aerial phenomena. That's right. Uh, But I think there's so many cases that it's kind of hard. I think, honestly, there is a major cover-up, I think, that happens with the governments. Mm -hmm. And I think for good reason, right? But honestly, with all the stuff that just came out recently in the States, I don't know if you've watched any of this. Oh, yes, quite a bit. It's amazing to me that we're talking about this stuff and no one seems to be phased by it. They're like, okay, cool. What's happening with this over here? And they're flipping the channel. It's like... What is going on? This is like if in 1960, if we said, yeah, UFOs are here, everyone would be like, oh, my God. Right, right. But I, I, nowadays I people don't seem to care. So have you always been a believer or just since the recent events came out? Since day one of Unsolved Mysteries. Ah, uh, yeah. Our, our, our father and mother, basically. Unsolved 100%. Mysteries. Gave birth to Listen. us. You got to think about it. Robert Stack would never lead us Mm -hmm. astray. I don't think he would. I legitimately don't think he would. No. Never. That being said, Nick, Mm. and this, this, this fits in line. Okay. I know some people will say that crop circles don't exist. Right. That's a lie too. They do exist. I watched a documentary on them probably two months ago. So it all exists. Okay. So what do you think and i'm gonna let you get to the real information soon but i have Mm -hmm. so many questions about how you feel about this subject okay one more i promise one more i'm ready what do you think their purpose is here and how is our relationship with them i don't know that we have a relationship with them per se i think that they probably look at us like to a degree, kind of like how we would look at like an animal in a zoo, right? Like, think about it. We're basically like primates that have nuclear bombs. Like, how crazy is that? Literally, that, that like, would bother it, me in a zoo, though. I mean, listen, <laughs> if two chimpanzees had literal warheads attached to sticks, I would watch. I would watch. I'd be curious. But I think to a degree, Sometimes I'm curious if they're here and they're like, let me make sure they don't do something stupid too, right? Like anytime I feel like we've been really close to like a major war or major conflict, you know what I think always upticks? What? UFO sightings. I I think you're right about that. You know what? I'm going to research this through this entire Uh, week and we'll talk about that in the next podcast. You got your homework now. I like I got it. my homework, Nick. That's right. You had homework last week. I got homework this week. That's right. School all over again. <laughs> you right. Speaking of being schooled, let's listen to a little bit more. Our story begins on a serene night on October 4th, 1967 at 7.15 p.m. Air Canada Flight 305 is en route to Toronto, Ontario when First Officer Robert Ralph pointed out to Captain Pierre Charbonneau that there was something strange out the left side of the aircraft. In his official report, the captain reported an object tracking along on a parallel course to the plane. He describes it as a brilliantly lit, rectangular object with a string of smaller lights trailing behind it. A few minutes 
minutes later, the pilots noticed a sizable silent explosion near the large object followed shortly after by a second explosion which enveloped the object in a blue cloud. Not long after, they lost sight of the object completely. So, this is the tip of the iceberg. We've already got two officials reporting this to the authorities. We've got anywhere between 20 and probably 100 witnesses already. If this was the main tale, we've already got more witnesses than Roswell, man. Already. We do. Here's what I'm curious about, though. And maybe you've done research on this. Maybe I'm Mm -hmm. turning it to you from last week. It happened in October of 1967. Right. Wasn't Roswell in the 50s? I don't know. Let me research. We'll be right back. Yes. So interestingly enough, Nick, Mm -hmm. Roswell incident started in 1947. Oh, really? I didn't didn't think it was that early. 20 years later. Right. Because it says right here, and I'm looking at the actual Roswell Daily Record, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch. So I find it very eerie that that happened in 1947 this happened in 1967. Exactly 20 years later. That's wild. Yeah, and it happened June versus October, which isn't significantly far. Right, right. That that seems non-coincidental. It's very, like, typically when you see patterns, like as humans, we look for patterns anyway, right? So it's like a lot of times we like things in a certain pattern, but to be exactly 20 years apart, like that's when that's when they've got movies have like remade versions of it is 20 years later. Ah, you're right too. train spotting, train spotting too. This is literally think about it. Canada remade our movie. Uh, well, that's not where I was going with that. <laughs> I mean, that's where I was going with it. <laughs> but here's a here's a interesting thought. What if. That gives us some view into how far away they're coming from. What if it takes them 20 years to travel here? I don't think that's the case. No? You think they're closer or further? I think with, and this is, I don't know what I'm talking about, but what I'm going to assume is if they're smart enough to go from one system to another, They've had to figure out a way of bending time, right? So the question becomes, how are they doing that? Is it a case where they're going between dimensions, right? It could be a dimension thing, or they could be going quicker than the speed of light. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're getting here. I guess, how long are they alive for, right? So... Let's say they live to be, they're probably so smart they figured out how to live a long time. Let's say they live 300 years, right? That right. seems like a high number to me. For us, if they're wasting, it would be. For, oh, double, triple for us, right? But it's like, would they waste 20 years each way to go to what we would equivalent as like going to the zoo? Probably not. Because think so about time's it. Well, not a factor, maybe, for them. Oh, I'm sure probably not. But think about it also. It's like 
let's say they are here to observe us and maybe make sure we don't screw up. Right. Right. 20 years going from their home system to us seems like a significant number to me, right. but just as important to that, I think that if I was going to go to the zoo and someone told me it's like a four hour drive, I'm like, not that important to me. Right. Right. Even if you told me chimpanzees had sticks with, you know, war <laughs> heads on the end of it, I'm going to be like, I don't care. Well, I'll watch it on CNN. Right. They probably <laughs> have something here. Probably observing us already, right? Oh, could be. They could have... Uh, some people think there's a base on the dark side of the moon. Um, that is true. I, I'm not one that of those rumored. people. I'm just saying that. But some people think that. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'll, also, I'll let you have that thought. It, 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 to, to sort of counteract my previous thought about them taking 20 years to get here, if that were the case, it'd be real odd that they'd break down the first time they came take 20 years to get here and break down again because you heard in that last clip there were two explosions on the air see i pictured that completely different i didn't assume that's what they were talking about what did you think i don't know anything about the story so when i hear that the first thing i think is your canadian military attacked them nick that's what i thought too that's what I thought, too. Oh, listen. Look at that. All right, man. That's what I'm talking about. But they didn't get them right away. So let's hear a little bit more of the story before the main event. An hour or so later aboard the ship MV Nickerson of Sanbro, Nova Scotia, Captain Leo Howard Mercy was looking at a blip on his Decker radar that was stationary. When he looked up about 28 kilometers from the vessel's windows, he could see the four bright objects situated in a roughly rectangular formation. The entire crew of nearly 20 fishermen stood on deck and watched the object in the northeastern sky. He immediately radioed this to the harbor master in Halifax and filed a report with the police as soon as he reached shore. At roughly the same time, residents of Mahone Bay, Nova Scotia Daryl Dory, his sister, and his mother were sitting on their porch when they noticed a large object maneuvering to the southwest. He later wrote a letter to RCAF Greenwood Base Commander describing what they had seen as he had never seen anything like it. By 10 p.m., the province's largest news outlet was flooded with reports of the object with four brilliant lights in the sky over the city of Halifax. Little did they know this was just the beginning. We're getting up to a pretty sizable amount of witnesses now. And the news uh, outlet in question is the Chronicle Herald, which is a huge newspaper here. And they were just getting hundreds of reports. Halifax is our biggest city in this province. So this isn't Ma and Pa saw this down the road. This, This is significant. I could see that. I think it, it, so like when we talk about obviously sizable, right? Right. Like I'm looking at the fact that the reporters are coming out going, let's see what this is. But the question is, and maybe you're going to explain this. Mm -hmm. Did they report on it? Like in Roswell day one, after the event, the newspapers, like I said previously was like, we got a UFO. Did Canada do that? Uh, or I guess they Nova did. Scotia, because it's happening. Yeah, uh, they did. In fact, on the Instagram, I'm going to show you the headline of a paper where our government is saying, hey, this is a UFO. And 
In addition, I think you did predict it from a little bit later. Our government didn't go about the covering it up thing. The police officers were like, hey, we've got a UFO here. What are we supposed to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. If I was an officer, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, I don't oh. know what to do with this. Oh, yeah. Like, what's the protocol? Or if they have protocol, they're really good at keeping it quiet. Do they put pictures out? Uh, they didn't have pictures of it i think in the 60s yeah i don't think around here probably a lot of people would have cameras that capable of doing that at night like whatever you get we get it quite a bit later yeah i guess to a degree if you think about it they did say it's at this was happening at 10 o'clock right uh well the main part of it happens much later but it started at around 10 i believe it was or so quite late in the evening yeah but that's what i mean like it started around 10 o'clock so yeah it's going to be pitch black at that point yeah um i mean even now our cameras aren't great in the darkness like some of them are okay with low light but dark photos are difficult now back then i think it would been you may as well just take a little thing and put a few bits of white out on a sheet of paper and say that's what (laughs) That's what that is. Listen, here in the States, we got we got lights and cameras and, you know, we can see. Uh, you could put us in a black hole and we could probably see something, Nick. I'm just uh, saying. Advanced. <laughs> I, We're advanced here in the States. I, I hate to get off topic, but did you see about the uh, your Las Vegas incident that happened right before all these hearings came out? In Las Vegas? Yeah. Or we're not talking about the uh what was that the the concert venue thing is that what you're talking about or something different nope uh it was caught on all kinds of police officers body cams a streak of light that crashed in a family's backyard the family reported seeing tall figures in their backyard what people came from all over to see it it happened right before these conferences and i had always wondered if one informed the other or something that's interesting. I, yeah. I've not heard of that. Yeah, you're going to have to look up that a little bit more. That's all over TikTok, by the way. But Oh, I'm definitely going to I'm definitely going to look now. Yeah, that's pretty compelling peaked. stuff. That's pretty oh, for compelling sure. stuff. If it's on body cam, I mean, you no one's faking body cams. Come on uh, now. I would hope not. No. Um, but yeah, the the police wouldn't have even showed up to the call if they hadn't caught the actual streak in the sky on their body cams heading towards that house. There was a That's huge crazy. explosion and they saw creatures and there's videos that people claim you can see them. But uh, my, my eyesight isn't good enough for that. Well, and here's the thing, right? It's like the reason I've not heard about it is mm. because everyone's probably like, yeah, this isn't cool. What's happening with Kanye West today? And they're clicking <laughs> the button. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we've got different um, priorities than we 100%. used to, I think. Mine's on UFOs, Nick. I'm yeah. still in unsolved mystery land. Yeah, me too. I'm looking at the skies. Everything I see, I don't know what it is. Aliens. Yes. Aliens. Or, you used to do a lot of nighttime photography and stuff, Nick. Are you still right. doing that or did you stop uh, doing it? Well, I stopped in the winter because we all freeze solid in Canada for most of the year. I don't know <laughs> if you knew valid. that or not. That is valid. Uh, it's very cold there. Yeah, but I've been talking to my friends. We're looking to do it again. I would love to catch 
a great big object in the sky. And I hope it's as blurry as possible. That's no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you're supposed to get it, Nick. You know, I'll never forget. It was, uh, I got a telescope. My buddy John got me into telescopes. And I'm sure you've seen the photos and stuff in my Discord. But it's interesting to me because one night, um, my wife and I, we were out and we was looking up into the sky. And there was one thing that was moving. And I was so excited. And I'm like, we caught a UFO, boys. Caught a UFO. Right. Now, it it was a satellite. I looked it up. I was very devastated. Did, did you film it? No. But see, I saw it. And, and in fact, you could see with your naked eye. With right. your naked eye. Because I told my wife, I'm like, look at this. And I'm pointing. And she goes, oh, my God. And it was perfect. It was going across the sky like this. And I'm like, that's a UFO. Yeah. And then I took my little app because we've got apps on our phones right? Um, where you can like point it in the sky where it's at. And it'll be like, this is this. And this is that. Like, it was a satellite. Uh, but you know what? This goes to prove something. If it was a UFO, you still wouldn't have filmed it. You're right. I probably, <laughs> probably and, and most people don't. Cause when you see something mind shattering like that, you watch it. You're afraid to look away because if you look back, it ain't going to be there. That's what people are thinking. And I think that still explains why we don't get good video of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. a family member, and I'm scared to say who it is because they may kill me. Uh-oh. They swear up and down they saw a UFO. My dad swears the same thing. This was, this, this, I'm not going to say this because they'll kill me. But they told me that they and their brother was outside and they saw this bright light in the sky and they said, hey, look at that. And they're like, yeah, it's been sitting there for a long time. Can you believe it's been sitting there? And they're like, no. And one joke to the other, I can't remember which one it was. They said, wouldn't it be crazy if that was a UFO? And they said they saw it get bright and then it disappeared. Oh, they were listening. They were listening. Nick. That's right. That's part Eavesdrops. of their mission. That's the only thing I can assume. Yeah. my, my da- So my dad saw one when he was younger. And he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. He's like, ghosts ain't real. Monsters ain't real. Religion ain't real. Sorry, people. Uh, yeah, witches ain't real. Gremlins ain't real. And I was like, what about UFOs? And he's like, UFOs are real. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing he believes he? in. I, I think he was like, 21 or something like that okay so i mean he was old enough to know yeah he was working in another town at the time so he had to do a lot of traveling back and forth and he saw it one night and he's claimed ever since then that ufos are real i think that's what it is i think you have to see something to be like yeah this is legit or no it's not yeah yeah but that doesn't make you believe in other stuff because he's got a long list of things that ain't real <laughs> hey, but UFOs, that's on the list. Yeah, that's right. That made his list. The main incident begins at about 11.20 p.m. in Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia. Shag Harbor is a picturesque coastal town known mainly for its lobster fishing industry. The locals had gathered for an annual festival, unaware of the extraordinary events about to unfold. Amidst the celebrations, a blinding light pierces the night sky, followed by a thunderous crash that echoes across the harbor. This incident was witnessed by several people, including fishermen and local residents. They described seeing four lights 
lights in the sky that were brighter than stars, moving erratically before crashing into the water. From multiple officially recorded accounts, residents of the surrounding communities of Barrington, Cape Sable Island, Woods Harbor, and Pubnico also witnessed the lights and quickly traveled to Shag Harbor. It's estimated that between 15 and 20 separate individuals in the area reported seeing the unusual lights and the object descending into the water, which included an on-duty police officer. By contrast, the Roswell, New Mexico incident was initially only reported by a handful of individuals. So, that's the contrast. We're in the moment. We're well over 100 people witnessing this so far. You know what I find interesting? And I wish, I wish this explained what it is, right? right. And, and maybe, again, maybe you know. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead. Well, I, I can't say people, at this moment. <laughs> for sure. How did these people know to even look up? Was there a sound? Was it so bright they go, oh, wait. I mean, I guess nowadays we probably don't look up in the sky as much as what people did back then, right? Because everyone's like, I'm going to wish on a shooting star. Like that was like the big thing, right? Every right. single movie. So I feel like there's probably more people that was gazing at stars back then versus now we have our cell phones up to our faces, so we probably missed three quarters of anything that's up there. Yeah. So but they've never said how people looked. Well, I can actually answer that one. It's not in the story, so this isn't a spoiler. Okay. But I know a lot of people who witnessed it um, because this was Personally? only... Yes. So, because this wasn't that long ago. There's still a lot of people around from that time. That's true. Um, and basically they put it down to a couple things. One is there weren't a lot of lights at the time. We're talking not a lot of street lights. Most people would go to bed early. Lights are off. There's not a lot of ambient lights. So anything outside is easier to notice. Not to mention a lot of people would sit out on their porches because there's no TV channels at the time. You know, there's no cell phones, like you said. Um, you know, not a lot of distractions. But the main thing is that when it initially appeared, it was so bright that people said it was like looking at a foreshot of the moon. Like it was That's very crazy. bright. Yeah, because these communities are still separated by a quite a significant amount of space. Like, to drive to Shag Harbor from Cape Sable Island, where I was born, would probably still take you, I'd say, 15 minutes or more. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But see, we were on the other side of the incident. It happened in between these two places. So everyone That's could see interesting. it from there. Yeah. It's interesting that it's that far apart, yet close enough to where multiple people saw it you know what yeah, i mean from four different communities that's crazy like yeah that, you can't tell me that's not a thing i know like like it what like could it's it so be? easy to fake so many things yeah but and there's no photos of this because again it's the the year that it is in canada when technology 75 years is what nick said i didn't say that nick said 75 years away you know that's just insane to me that that is 
that well documented. Like that has to be something. There's no way right. that's not something. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. You you can like you could get a little hoax together with like two people or three people or maybe on the outside five. But hundreds of people. Halifax is two, three hours away, um, probably longer at that time. Um, Toronto, where that plane was heading to, is a three-hour flight away. So this is quite a distance for all these things to be happening almost simultaneously. And for this, I'm going to call it a craft, to travel in this span of time. Yeah, that's... I don't think there's a way to fake that at this point. And not only that, but I think if there's so many people, so many different angles, so many different sightings, it can't be mistaken for, well, there was an asteroid that exploded in our environment or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the one they love to use, I think. Well, it's just an asteroid that causes bright light or, or it's UFOs. Right. Well, me and your dad. Yeah. Just like this, 100% on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah, he would agree completely. And I've seen uh, little meteorites split apart in the atmosphere. And it's bright enough you can see them in daylight, but it's it's clear that this is something that's happening quickly and it's over, and you know what you're looking at. Now, did your dad know this story? Like, did did he talk about this? He wasn't here at the time. Oh, okay. But... He does know about it. Everyone here knows about it. We have a festival every year. We have a UFO museum. Starting last year, we have a conference where people come from all over the world to talk about aliens. So it's even getting bigger now. That's super interesting. See, that's the kind of stuff that makes me get excited for stuff like that. But think about it. That's got to be like a huge tourist thing also. Oh, it is. It is. They do tours and stuff. I'd love to go to the conference, but it is mega expensive and you know what they sell out every ticket every seat gets sold we have something similar to that here in the states and uh one time i got curious how much the tickets were to just sit in on the i guess you call it like a conference or like a expo or whatever they call it and they had like four or five speakers lined up Mm -hmm. that apparently are well known yeah it was over a thousand dollars a ticket ah And I think if you add up every day, it would be the same here. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And I think this is a two or three day event. I think it's $1,000 for whatever that stretch is. Because I think they have one major speaker and then they have like different signing boots and stuff like that. Right. Um, Which who would think someone would want to autograph from someone who's seen a UFO, but here we are. Here we well, I are. Guess they write books and stuff. That's yeah. probably why the signings are there. That I, makes sense. I think the only way we're going to get to go to these conferences is if we're like speakers there eventually. So oh, for a thousand percent, we got to get famous just so we can afford to go to the thing exactly. we're talking about. A guarantee. Yeah. You know, all we need to do is, is see a UFO, Nick, and then write a book about it. That's right. That's right. Now for the podcast circuit, for podcast circuit, we're going to be famous in no time. So you'll probably see us at every podcast convention known to man. That's right. You won't know who we are, maybe, but we'll be there. Oh, you'll know. <laughs> you're going to know. Bert Nick, you're going to go, Bert Nick, I know them. <laughs> I'm just going to be like looking around. Hmm? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Me? <laughs>
Within an hour of the initial crash, a large crowd had gathered on the shoreline. Not far off, the coast lights could be seen under the water, and the surface was rolling furiously, emitting a noticeable glow. None of the residents, young or old, had ever witnessed an event like this before, but being the helpful type often found in small towns, they quickly formed a search and rescue plan under the assumption it was an odd aircraft they were simply unfamiliar with. Seeing as this was a fishing community, it didn't take long for 10 or more boats to be launched for the rescue effort long before the Coast Guard could even be made aware. The police officers present did, however, report what he had seen to their superiors. As the fishermen approached the crash site, they were astonished not to see the floating debris that would normally be found at a plane crash. Whatever had fell into the ocean hadn't broken apart on impact so far as they could tell. The surface did have one peculiar quality, however. Green glowing foam had formed on the surface. Many of the men on the ships gathered it into whatever containers they could to take it ashore to show the others. It later was reported that some of them had kept it in mason jars in their basements or garages, the glowing not fading for more than a decade before the material disappeared completely from the sealed jars. No pictures, but we had some physical evidence that lasted a decade. What does well, that we need sound? Photos. I know. What does what does that material sound like to you? Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm? I was thinking ra- some radioactive material. Ectoplasm. Or ectoplasm. This is also turning into Ghostbusters. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm starting to say, Nick, ectoplasm, there's slimers and UFOs now. That's, that's right. <laughs> Maybe that's where slimers no. come from. You know what I'm curious about? And, you know, I thought about this when they was talking about this part of it. The UFO went into the water. One of the stories that I hear often is that UFOs actually have bases underneath the ocean floor. And it's not uncommon for UFOs to be seen darting out of water also. Oh, what an interesting thing to say for no apparent reason at the moment. Did I give something away? Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Oh, man. Who knows? However... It gets wilder from here. What? Oh, yeah. But let's not go to that right yet. So what my thoughts are on that foam is like, it lasted and continually glowed for 10 years in a sealed jar and then disappeared to nothing, no residue or anything. To me, that's radioactive material. You know what it reminds me of? And I feel like I feel like we need to do one of those mini episodes on this. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm talking about for the podcast, what Nick and I are going to start doing is we're going to have one of these deep dive episodes every two weeks. We're going to do a live broadcast and then we're going to try to bring little mini episodes um, on the fourth week. So that way you guys have something every single week. Probably should have mentioned that at the beginning or at the end, but either way. I think that there needs to be a mini episode on Bob Lazar. Have you, obviously you yes. know who Bob Lazar is, yep, right? I have heard of Bob Lazar. There's an, there's an element and I can't remember. It was not discovered. Supposedly he worked on UFOs. We'll mm-hmm. discuss that. In another thing, but we created that element years later. Oh, really? Oh yeah. It was, it's on our element table now. So something he talked about like 20, 20 years ago, we ended up creating that exact element. Mm. But you know what happened? What? We made it stable 
and then it become unstable and it vanished. Really? And what they're saying is that element that was created because we didn't have the technology and or the capability to stabilize it to the point where it's stable. It basically, whatever scientific terminology they use, but it basically disappears. It goes away. It makes me wonder if you're from another planet or your technology is so bold that you're able to create this stuff, it might be able to last 10 years, but on our environment, what if that causes it to much like whatever element that was with Bob Lazar, kind of like disappear, you know what I'm saying? Like we're not able to stabilize it or store it properly. Correct. Right. Correct. Not only that, but it was in water. So, you know, what did that do to whatever it is also? And the element that he's talking about was used as their fuel. Right. And that's what seems like this is. Oh. That's they, what people they have They talk about that later in the story? Uh, no, but that's what people have speculated separately. That this is some kind of leak from the crash. Or think about it. Like when we drive our cars. Mm-hmm. We technically have monoxide coming right. out our tailpipe. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Well, what if there's their element, whatever it is that they're fueling with, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily vapor? Right. Or what if it is vapor? There's some type of, you know, exhaust, I guess, like a UFO exhaust. Yeah. They, well, they say and there it, would be some kind of propulsion. Yeah, there has to be. Well, so UFOs, what I've read and what I think is probably correct, and again, this goes back to Bob Lazar. I don't know how much you've read about Bob Lazar and and what he's done, but the way he explained it is the UFO that he worked on had three anti-gravity propulsion systems, and what would happen is one would bend light or whatever it is in front or gravity in front of it and then expel it to the back. So it's like he said there was no propulsion that came from it. Instead, it was bending gravity. But I guess the question I would have is there could still be some form of leakage of something, right? Like right. if they're that's using be some type of element. Correct. Like maybe there's so no exhaust, where does that go? but there's got to be some kind Correct. of power. Not only that, but that's not why they had him to begin with. So right. it's not even like he would necessarily know that part of the equation if what he's saying is true. Yeah. So very bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. It makes me wonder with the ectoplasm. That's what I'm going to call it from here on out. Yeah. Ectoplasm. I wish they would have got a photo. You had 10 years to I take know, a photo. I know. And it's now 1977, Nick. They definitely could have at that point. And there may be, but I just don't Polaroid. know about it. There's, there had to have been someone with a Polaroid that could have taken a photo. Yeah. I, I think, though, if you took a picture of that jar, you'd just be like, okay, it's a picture of a jar with some foam in it. Like, I've seen yeah, pictures but it was in radiating. the 70s. They're not it was spectacular glowing, though, right? with lighting. Yeah, but like, here's my thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. if if I go outside and there's lightning bugs, right. 
with a Polaroid camera, mm-hmm. I could still get photos of the glow, right? Oh, I've that's assumed, true, I, I suppose. I've actually, I've said that and I don't know. I guess I need to take a Polaroid camera outside and actually try that. I would assume it would work though, right? Probably. Because cameras work off of of light. Reflecting light. off a mirror, it's, right? Correct. Now, I can say for a fact that the first time I ever saw a Polaroid around here was quite a bit into my lifetime, and I was born in 81. What? Yeah. And it was brand new. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, there was already, my family already had Polaroid cameras. No, only businesses around here had them. That's crazy. Yeah, we're we're a little behind. It's a little bit better now that we've got the internets. But <laughs> I was like, man, I want to go to Canada just to go back in time. I'm curious it, what's there now. Well, now it's pretty pretty man. well caught up, unless you count fashion trends. Probably. Have but, you seen uh, one of these before, Nick? This is a mouse. This doesn't have a cable on it. Does oh. yours still have cable on it? Uh, we we call them souris. Oh, okay. Touche. No, that's just French for mouse. yeah but back then it they were quite a bit behind like quite that's very interesting to me now i i'm just saying that as a possible theory why there weren't pictures of things but i'm not sure nah i think it's questionable okay i think it's questionable i think that there'd have to be someone with a photo somewhere that's like we need to get a photo of this yeah i'll I'll look into that a little more i'm super curious all right. Well, do you think it gets more normal from here or less normal? Of course not. Okay. It's going to be less normal for uh, sure. 100%. I think you've predicted it. Roll the clip. <laughs> Looking down into the dark depths of the cold waters, they could see four lights just as they had seen in the sky earlier. The lights were so deep they could clearly tell they were there, but not see any further definition of what they belonged to. The men stared in wonder, unsure what to do next. Clearly, they were not in a search and rescue situation that they had anticipated. It was decided that they would stay and keep an eye on the lights until they went off or until the authorities arrived to instruct them. The lights remained for over an hour, but shortly after the Coast Guard arrived, they began to move away remaining deep below the waves. Any attempts to follow were futile as they moved with a speed that could not be matched at that time. The object was never officially identified and was therefore referred to as an unidentified flying object in unclassified Government of Canada documents. The Canadian military became involved in a subsequent rescue, recovery effort, but were unable to uncover anything further. Whenever the government steps in, Nick, everything goes to heck in a handbasket. That's just the way life works. Yep. Okay. You know what I find interesting about that, though? What? The lights maintained for an hour, over an hour, and then moved away, right? That's right. You know, Bob Lazar, again, I hate going back to Bob Lazar. He just, he has the most descriptive explanation of working on it, whether he's lying or whether he's telling the truth, whatever it may be. If he's lying, he does a great job of it. But again, he says there's a force field around the UFO. And that's how they're able to bend the gravity, right? If you think about it, if that force field is there, so they're creating their own gravity force field, it could go in the water and never touch water. And I just thought right. of that. Right. 
Absolutely. So they would travel in water just like they would travel in air or I guess in space at that point because they're creating their own gravity, right? Right. Like that would make sense. Yeah, and if there were a problem with the ship, it might even be easier for them because they'd be in constant their their shields or whatever it is or, or propulsion would be in constant contact with something that it wouldn't be if it had raised in the air. So it might be easier at this point to travel through water. That is true. A hundred percent. This is really intriguing to me because like Roswell, though it was 20 years before it was. So we have a crash accident. Hey, look at this stuff we've got all oh, next day. Oh no, it's just a weather balloon It's a weather balloon, but they couldn't like, there was no one ever. The only thing that I think, and I'm, stuttering here because i've got so many thoughts going on at the same time i like that the way that roswell worked is somebody saw it go down make a big old freaking crater and it's a crash site like there's none of this extra stuff that's going on Mm -hmm. this is so interesting because for one you have so many people that saw it right but just as important as that even now even now at this point the Coast Guard is getting there. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, those four lights that we saw up there is now down here. Right. That's crazy. Yep. And I love it, though. I don't know if you missed it, but our unclassified documents from the government still call it a UFO. So, the, so here's the big difference. The government might have came in afterwards to try and clean something up, but they were just like, ah. We don't care what people think. It's a UFO. <laughs> Whatever. It's a UFO. What are well, they going to do about it? There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. They're here now. Yeah. They're here to live. Not to mention, since everyone's a fisherman around here, they got to it way quicker than anyone to the, from the government could. You know, and I didn't even think about that, Nick. And that's something we should probably bring up because here in the States, fishermen, even back then, was not as big of a deal. But you guys are actually waterfront. A big portion of Canada. Oh, yeah. In in this province, you're never more than a couple miles from the water, I think it is. Correct. Like here in Ohio, the closest you're going to get to water besides some creeks is like the Ohio River. Like you've got to go a distance or you got to go all the way up north. So the entire state of Ohio, you might see like little creeks and stuff like that. You're not going to see major bodies of water versus there. So fishermen or people that's on the water there's going to be significantly more than here in the States. So for those of us that's listening in the States, that's something we got to really take into account. That's interesting. Oh yeah. Like I don't live in that community anymore. However, and I might be overestimating myself a little bit, but if I went outside and picked up a rock, I could probably throw it to the ocean from here. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. As you can see, I got waterfront. Yeah. I see that. In my basement, waterfront Crazy. is back there. It's back there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Those of you that are not watching on YouTube, don't even worry about it. Yeah, it's he's just fabulously wealthy, and I've just discovered this. Wealthy, super rich. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all this going down. Here's a little tidbit that's not in the story, and then I'll let you continue because it's still going to get weirder from here. Which is hard to imagine, I know. This is, like, I couldn't write this. This is top shelf already, This Nick. is This is crazy, nutty cuckoo banana stuff. 
but to lend it a little more legitimate legitimacy, I think it was two or three years ago, Jacques Cousteau's daughter came and did an investigation diving in Shag Harbor. I guess, what? yep. I guess they didn't find too much that I have heard of. However, there are some weird indentations at the bottom. Um, but other than that, no real evidence that I know of. Two, you said two indentations or more? Uh, I think they said multiple. But uh, I never really heard the results of that. I would much rather they found a base underneath there. Yeah. Or the indentation. What if that was like the mouth to the base? Could be. I think it's not. That's crazy thought. Just by where we're going next. In the early hours of the morning, the object had sped off underwater, but where had it gone? The answer would come the following day up the coast in Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Vessels traveling over the inlet reported seeing four lights deep underwater. At this time, they did not have the context of everything that happened the previous night, so a team of divers were sent underwater to investigate. What they saw terrified them so badly that they ascended too quickly, requiring them to spend time in a pressure chamber to recover. One individual had been quoted as saying Shelburne is the real deal. We came face to face with aliens under the water. Later that same day, before further investigations could be made, a second set of four lights arrived underwater. Shortly thereafter, both sets vanished out to sea. No further reports were made. It's real, Nick. (laughs) It's real. You don't have to sell me no more. I don't know how more I could sell this. Is that part not the wildest thing you've ever heard? Four lights a day later. So, again, the the crashed ship doesn't make sense because, like, the lights are still on, right? right? Like, which makes, you know, every single UFO story, there's always lights, which it doesn't make sense to me why they always have to have lights on. Yeah. But still, there's lights there. It's like... The fact that it scared the divers so bad, they're like, nope, we don't want no part of this. Yeah. Well, well, they got the bends. You know, that's deadly. That's not something you want to mess around with if you're faking something. They had to go in a pressurized chamber to survive after that. But let, let me lay out what went down just in case it wasn't clear. So all kinds of people see this. UAP, or UFO as we'll call it. There's explosions. It travels down the coast in the most southern most part of Nova Scotia. Crashes into the water. People go out in boats to see it. They see four lights on this rectangular shape in the water. It travels away, staying underwater. Goes up the coast like an hour or so. They haven't heard what's going on up there. So boats going across the bay see lights down there. So they're like, what the heck is this? They send down divers. They come face to face with aliens and are in such a hurry to get out of there, they almost killed themselves. Meanwhile, a second craft arrives underwater, presumably to help them repair the initial craft. About an hour later, both of them shoot out to the open sea. And that is the end. 
I don't want it to be over now. I know. And you know what? It isn't over. We just don't know what happens next. That's crazy. This is so much better than Roswell. I, I'm glad that I, I convinced hate to say you. That. I hate to say it, Nick. That really frustrates me because I want to have the coolest UFO in my country. Are they going to kick you out for saying that? Maybe. Oh. It's possible. Maybe we should bleep that part. I'm a rebel. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> well, your whole country's built on rebellion. You're allowed to say that if you want to. That's true. Listen, that's how yeah. we got started. That was our job from day one. Now, Roswell is still mega cool because it spawned a lot of other stuff as well. Because our government was just like, yeah, that's the UFO. We're not going to do anything about it. In fact, we're not interested in researching anymore. Your government started whole agencies and departments and probably technological revolutions based on what you recovered. Plus, you guys captured them. We just chased them around and almost killed ourselves looking at them. Well, we didn't necessarily. So, again, God, I hate keep going back to this. Bob Lazar. <laughs> He's going to love if us. If you listen, he really is. Bob Lazar had stated that we had, what was it, seven or eight crafts? Wow. He worked on one of them, but he said each one's a little different. It's kind of like if you're looking at a Ford today, right? Mm -hmm. You've got a Ford truck. You got a Ford car. You got a Ford minivan. These UFOs have different, I guess, crafts also. Right. But the interesting thing that he said was one of the crafts that they found had been crashed and was in Antarctica, I believe is what he stated. Oh, really? They recovered it from Antarctica. And it was one of the ones that they were looking at. But it makes me like here in the States, obviously we go, mm. we have this crash UFO, blah, blah, blah. We found intact UFOs. And that was one of his stories. That was yeah. one of the things that he talked about in his stories. These, um, these aliens can't drive very well. They're crashing they all the time. The only thing that makes me wonder about that is again, they're creating their own gravity, right? You've never played this game before. I've played this game called Elite Dangerous. Okay? Right, right. This game, when you come to a certain planet, if you're not paying attention to the gravity, mm -hmm. you will nosedive, crash, oh, really? and destroy yourself. Yes. And that, that game's supposed to be pretty realistic, I think. It's pretty realistic. It's right. pretty realistic, Nick. My thought process is, what if you're a UFO, okay? You're sleepy because you've been traveling. Right. Okay. You can't find any cows because you're in Canada and it's just water. <laughs> you're not paying attention. And then all of a sudden, some some dude named Dylan <laughs> shoots a rocket at you. Because I still think the military shot at him. Yeah, Nick, okay? it seems that way. So I don't think that in your case, they crashed. I think they were shot down and they're like, well, they can't go underwater. They can't breathe. Yeah. Dumb humans. And they just went underwater with us. They was coming into the planet. Like I do an elite dangerous. Yeah. Didn't understand the gravity. Bam. Smacked a windmill. Never seen one of those before. Oh yeah. It was so primitive. Primitive. Right. Cause why does someone need a windmill? 
Yeah, haven't we harnessed the entire energy of our own sun yet? Correct. Like, what kind of lazy Correct. monkeys are we? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're here to watch us, Nick. Yeah. But now we have, now we have nuclear stuff. And every single time, I'm telling you, I'm going to look this up. Mm-hmm. Every time we start getting on the on the cuff of a war, UFO sightings go up. Yeah. I've heard that millions of times. Have you ever heard of 2001 A Space Odyssey? Isn't that like a movie or something? Uh, yeah, it was. I think it was. I don't remember if it was a movie or a book first, but it was Arthur C. Clarke, I think. Um, I think I've seen it. Yeah. It, so what it, the premise of that was is that aliens had set up an early warning system to let them know when we started to enter space and started to potentially become a threat to everyone. And what it was is they uncut, they put a monolith on the moon. And when we first dusted it off and light hit it, it sent out a signal across space saying, these things that evolved from the monkeys have entered into space, look out. And that's what I think nuclear blasts are. So you think the moon is real also? Huh? You think the moon is real? Do some people think the moon is not real? Uh, they believe that it's that it's made. It's, it was it was made by uh, artificial intelligence or uh, UFOs or something like that. Not not of human descent, and it wasn't created from Earth. Well, I will say that I find that a fun thing to think, but I do not believe that, sir. <laughs> You you don't believe that? I believe the moon is a is a moon. Do you believe otherwise? Maybe we'll cover that on a different episode. Oh, maybe so. But let me let me let me let me ask you a question. All right. And for all you listeners out there, When they said that the moon was created, obviously, from bits and pieces that the Earth didn't use, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. That's the concept that many have. Why is it that when scientists looked at moon rocks, it was older than Earth? Well, some scientist listening to this is going to crucify me but i believe that parts of the moon were from things striking the earth and breaking off and forming the moon meaning all the material didn't come from the earth only that it had struck the earth but think about how big the moon is that's like what five meters across big (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to put out how big, big it is, Nick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it looks really small. The second question is, right. whenever there's formation, right? Yeah. When we say that something is formed, um, you know, it's obviously it's spinning. Like mm-hmm. the earth is spinning, right? It's saying yep. that once there was impact, it was spinning. Mm-hmm. If the moon was created and it's going out from the earth, right? It's going further and further out. Mm-hmm. Why does the moon not spin? 
Is it if I if you got a merry-go-round right. and you put five kids on the merry-go-round, you get a spinning really fast. When the kids go out, do they spin a little bit on the way out? Well, I think, and you'll have to look this up, that the idea that the moon isn't spinning is false. I think, because you're probably under the common premise that it's all, the dark side of the moon is always facing away from us, right? Correct. So that doesn't mean that it's not spinning. It means that it's spinning in, I don't know if you call it harmony or tandem with the earth, so that as it's going around, it's spinning enough to face away from us. But we don't spin in a perfect circle. No, and neither does it. So it just <laughs> coincidentally, mm-hmm. it just so happens yeah. to be in the same exact spot for us, no matter when we've looked at it for the last hundred and some observable years. Maybe. It's impossible because the aliens are on the other side. We just talked about this. <laughs> That's so, right. I, I forgot about that part. Yeah, how did you forget about this, yeah. Nick? We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. I, I think we're going to um, have to debate this on another episode because I am going to have to. unqualified to defend my position right I'm now. I'm extremely qualified, Nick. I've watched so many YouTube videos. I'm like the most qualified person <laughs> ever. What are you talking about? Uh, you, you might be, but I'm going to dispute you, and I need to qualify myself because I... I'm I'm really I feel in my heart of hearts that the moon is just a moon because there's a lot of them out there. Nah. Not like our moon. Our moon's just a moon. Think about it. Every every moon for Jupiter and Saturn, do they spin? I don't know, that's the problem. Yes. I'll accept your word for it for now. <laughs> You'll concede for now. I, I Nick. think I'm I'm a I'm a skeptical person by nature, and I don't always believe everything I hear. Unless I'm devastated. I watched a ton of YouTube videos. Unless Nick, it's I something I want to hear, and then I believe it right away. <laughs> we should totally we should totally go over all this mm-hmm. on another video. Yeah, let me study up some so I can have an intelligent debate. Because you're just gonna whoop my butt here. No, I was thinking about doing it tomorrow. That's uh, the that's best way fair. to do it, Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way for you, not for me. Exactly. Listen, I like winning, Nick. I'm uh, a winner. I'm going to invite an astrophysicist <laughs> with me. I'll just be like, get him, boy. I'm going to invite someone from YouTube that's made like seven videos on this. Invite. That's what I'm going to do. All right, we'll let him duke it out. <laughs> Oh, out of curiosity, I know we talked about this last week. Obviously, for anyone that mm-hmm. did not check out our podcast from last week, you're going to want to jump in. Yeah, it's pretty much you. I don't know what you're doing with your life. It was the pilot episode. We talked about Mr. Robert Johnson, and I know that we looked at some uh, things, and obviously we talked about a lot of stuff. Nick, did you did you uncover anything from any of the statistics and stuff? I know you said you might try to see if you can look into it and see if you found anything. Putting you on a spot, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I am prepared. I did my homework. 
I remember very specifically saying, I wonder if we look at all the data, if the 27 Club is a real thing or not. So I was able to dig that up. Luckily, smarter minds than me have thought about this before and actually did data gathering. So let me guess. Everyone died at 27. Incorrect. In fact, overall, over large sections of data, the 27 Club is, unfortunately, not true. (sighs) However, however, there are some even more interesting statistics. Is that what you sent me? Is that what this is? Yep, that's exactly what that is. So, if we want to look at uh, the age of death and musical genre... You see that one? Yes. So that little slope there basically shows the ages that people die in the different genres. And the life expectancy is really not that different from the slopes that you're getting over the different genres and stuff. There are ones that have people who die younger, but it's not 27. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little devastated. Okay. I thought there was something to that. I thought there was something to that, Nick. I thought for sure. I thought we was coming into this. You was going to tell me the 27 Club was realistic. What is it? What is it? 28 and me? Is that what the, what what, is that the, is that the, that's the DNA, DNA test. DNA thing, thing, right? Yeah. We could have had a 27 and me. And you screwed it all up, Nick. God, I I gotta tell you, I don't think that is real either, but that's another (laughs) story entirely. And obviously for anyone that's listening, uh, we're going to, we're going to listen. Our Instagram is out there. It's on us popping. We are going to obviously put these things up here too, because it's cool that we talk about it. And if all you want to do is have your little ear biscuits on there and, and just listen to what's going on, that's cool. But if you want to see what it is, definitely check us out. You can find us. Uh, with the Deceptive Reality Podcast Instagram. Um, is that linked on our webpage, Nick? I'm not sure, but it will be by the time everyone listens to this. Boom. Um, uh-huh. And it'll be over there. This is interesting stuff. Uh, I figured we could play a little game with the okay. other one. Um, okay. So if you're looking at it, stop looking at it. Okay. Okay. I know you haven't had enough time to look, but... What what is your favorite genre of music? Oh man, of Please all don't time, say like country. are we splitting it by year? All time. Please don't say country. Please don't say country. Nah, it's not country. I stopped listening to country in like uh, fifteen, sixteen years old. I okay. would say my favorite genre right now mm-hmm. is probably. Like pop, probably with okay. it. Okay, so you might be happy to know that pop artists are one of only two groups of musicians that don't have terrible outlier deaths that happen to them. Pop musicians are pretty much just like the rest of us when it comes to their death. There's no particular outliers. And... Let's see, is there any other groups like that? World music, musicians. So, 
I don't think anyone ever says world music is my favorite. Everyone likes it, but yeah, no, I don't. Uh, now if you listen to it on the podcast, Hey, congratulations, yeah. world music. That's your bang zone. Perfect. Su- super calming. I find. And For that's sure. why they live. They're not For stressed. Sure. So no stress. Who, what type of musician do you think dies of freak accidents the most frequently? Freak accidents. Yes. I will go with, because I'm trying to think of, like, if there's a freak accident, I'm thinking it could even be, like, stage freak accidents or, like, traveling freak accidents. I would say it would be people that travels. Well, they probably travel a lot. Or is travel one of the the ways they can die? uh, Travel is not. But it could okay. be a part of accidental, like a car collision on the way to a concert might be. I'm going to go with folk music because I would think there's a lot of travel and crazy stuff. Nope. Nope. Uh, folk music has an abnormally high amount of cancer deaths. What? Yeah. Why? I- I'm picture they're like in smoky bars and they've got their oh, yeah. cigarettes and their gravelly. That makes sense. You know. That kind I can of see stuff. that. That makes sense. The only other time there'd be that much smoke is like a Willie uh, Nelson concert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or like I typically associate those smoky bars with blues and jazz. That would, and, yeah, that would be up there too. Yep. And for jazz, that's their number way, one way of passing. Oh, well that's a correlation then for right. sure. hundred percent. Right. And blues is really high up there too. But blues musicians have an abnormal amount of heart-related deaths. Wow. Heartbreak? They got the blues. You know what, though? I mean, think about all the major blues artists of all time. Mm -hmm. They're almost always heavy set, too. That's right. They eat a lot of, you know, because there's a lot of Southern in that. And Southern cooking's delicious. Yep. But it's got a lot of butter and lard. Oh, for sure. If it's that, good. I guess that makes sense too. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think accidental death will make sense. It's uh, punk musicians and metal musicians. Oh yeah. I, I just would, picture them perfect sense. diving off stage and landing on a metal bar or something. That kind of thing. Correct. Uh, suicide. Uh, surprisingly also metal musicians. They're the highest ones wow. on that. I would have guessed rock on that because all nope. my favorite artists from rock has died by yep. suicide. Only 7.2% suicide there. Their highest wow. one is also accidental for rock musicians. Wow. That's surprising too. Yeah. Uh, here's one rap and hip hop. 51%. And 51.5% of all deaths in rap and hip-hop apparently are homicide, according to this data. That's just sad. Um, So that's an industry I wouldn't want to get into. No, but you know what's sad is, is I think Mm -hmm. that was honestly, like, I'd be curious to know then versus now. Well, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of artists that's died recently from homicide. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. you know, and there's so much talent mm-hmm. in that genre. I listen to a lot of rap and hip hop. I still do to this day. Um, 
that's just really sad. Yeah. At, at one time it was part of the culture, but I don't know, like you said, I don't know if that's true anymore. I think it, I don't think that they advertise it as much. Right. But I know there's a lot of the new up and comers that that is unfortunately what they kind of focus around. Yeah. Well, you guys be safe out there. We want to enjoy your music. Correct. 100% listen. I need things to listen to when I'm not listening to our podcast. That's right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And the biggest thing that I want, obviously, our community to do is obviously we go on is let us know what you liked about the podcast or things that you find interesting because for one, that gives us an idea. A, are we doing a good job? B, do you find it interesting? You know, what questions do you have? There's so many times that I'll listen to a podcast and myself, I'll have 20 questions that I wish they would have answered. Um, I think that this is a great place for us to do that. And you'll be able to do that on our social medias, which as Nick stated, most of them will be right there on our webpage. So you'll yeah. be able to kind of check out our webpage, click on the form you're happy with. Another thing that I want to remind everybody is once a month, we're going to be doing a live podcast. You guys are going to determine what we talk about on that podcast. So what I'd like to see done is, and you guys can do it however you want, but one easy way is if you go to, I was going to say Twitter, but I guess it's not Twitter anymore. It's now what? X? X. Yeah. So if you go to the X machine, okay. I just thought about it. Elon Musk is now an X-Man. I just thought about yeah, that. And that is the X-Files. It is the X-Files. Dang. Anyway, if you go to the X machine, uh, I want to start like a maybe a hashtag. I've not even ran this by Nick, but I want to start a hashtag, maybe like, Hashtag hey, and then DRP. Hashtag moon Deceptive is fake. Deceptive reality podcast. <laughs> exactly. Moon <laughs> is fake. Um, <laughs> but my my guess is if you do it that way, we could check it like once a week and see what it is that you guys want to talk about. You know what I mean? I just think that would be an interesting way to know what you guys want to hear about. Because the show is really based around you guys and what you guys are interested in. And every single week, there's going to be something different, or at least that's the goal. Um, and to do that, we need you guys to kind of give us some direction on what it is you want to hear. Nick and I are still going to do our things every other week where we deep dive into what we want to talk about. But those other two weeks are kind of open. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah, let's bring you into it. You, you tell us what 100%. planets are real and what ones are not. You know, that's easy. Just ask me. I'll yeah, tell you guys. Don't yeah. worry about or, it. Or you could say something different. Don't be pressured. No, be pressured. hundred <laughs> percent. But we do want to hear from you. Help us make this better. We're into it. Absolutely. You guys have been amazing. Our pilot podcast. Listen, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that reached out to me and you guys really seem to love it, which I've told Nick, I'm super appreciative of you guys have been amazing. Uh, could not ask for a better community. This came from a lot of different places. Thank you all for listening to the first one. And if you've made it this far in this podcast, thank you. Without you guys, we wouldn't have made it this far. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And many more. Many more. I'm excited. I've already got the next one already done, believe it or not. Oh, I, It's I'm in the excited, hopper. Yeah. It's ready to go. The next one, let me tell you, is a big one. 
I, I this like one them. for Nick was a big one. Yeah, I like them better when I don't know what's going on. Because that, that's sort of the area that I function in in life. I love it when I don't know what's going on. Well, I can tell you, this was Nick's obvious, you know, home country is how we'll put it, right? This one's coming right from my backyard. Oh, my yeah. story's coming from our backyard. So I'm super excited. It's been a very well-covered mystery. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but it's going to be... Crazy. Very crazy. It's the corn folk, isn't it? It is the doggone corn folk. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ohio, Nick. Welcome to Ohio. That's right. Nick, do you have anything else you want to tell these wonderful folks out here? Uh, nothing other than look us out on our different social medias. Interact with us. Help us give you what you're looking for. And the moon Absolutely. is real. It's fake. 100%. <laughs> Moon's fake. Dot com. I wonder if that's a website. Ah, gotta be. Gotta be. I'm going to register it. I'm going to look it up. I'll let you know next podcast. Yeah. I'm going to register it and just put the words no on there. (laughs) Put in there. The moon is really real stupid. Yeah. (laughs) That's genius. You guys are awesome. Well, thank you so much. Until we see you in the next one, y'all have an amazing one. See you later. Bye. Bye.